Making the Most of Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Sarah Hofflander here. She is going to tell us about an apostolate she started a couple years ago that helps young women discern if they should uh, answer a call to the religious life. Um, it's a very interesting conversation. Sarah is just really a gem in our diocese. So I hope you will stick around for that interview. Before we go to Dr. Bergwald for Biblical Bites with Dr. B, um, last weekend's episode with Father uh, Tony Klein was about vocations um, and what he's doing in the diocese, especially at O'Gorman. There was a little snafu at Real Presence Radio. Oops. <laughs> the Sunday morning, uh, that show did not air. They aired the one from the week before, but it did run Monday morning. So if Sunday morning you were on your way to church or wherever and you were trying to listen to the new Catholic views and you missed it, please go back to YouTube or our website and you can catch that interview with Father Tony Klein. It was a good one, so make sure you go back. Dr. Bergwald, welcome. Thank <laughs> weird. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, thrown off. I know. We need to do that. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Thank you, Renee. Uh, yes. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing our NPR voices. We are. Well, today. Uh, what is today, Renee? Oh, fifth Pretty Sunday well. of yep. Easter. Yep. Um, and do you know by chance what the second reading is from? Elise? And she's, she doesn't have a microphone uh, on. She, it, like last week, she was all proud of herself because she was... I know, was, she was on it. So I decided to... Um, second reading, uh, Acts, I'm no, guess. that's the first reading. Oh. First oh. reading during the Easter season. Second reading, did you, did you Paul, catch Paul the, to the Colossians. Real quick, I think Elise caught the derision in my... No. <laughs> Acts. First reading, sorry. duh. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I guess one. <laughs> you did. Thank you for was that it? playing oh. along. Uh, so it's um, Acts is the first reading. Second reading is the this this week uh, is from the first letter of St. Peter. Okay. One of my favorite. It, it, this is one of my favorite passages uh, of the sort of passages where you keep using that word, but I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> oh, goody. Uh, one so, of these. Yep. Beloved, this is how it begins. Chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. So this is uh, verse 4, maybe verse 5. of Chapter 2, first letter of St. Peter. Beloved, come to him, a living stone, rejected by human beings, but chosen and precious in the sight of God. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So, I guess the word stones is it, good guess, but <laughs> no, that's not, I, no? don't, I don't want to say wrong because, okay, but it's wrong, but that's not the one I want to focus on. Okay. Let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So, who is Peter writing to here, do you think? I don't know. Well, he says, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Well, but the lay faithful have a role in priesthood too. So ding 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 hey, ding ding ding. Look at me. <laughs> so this, it, yeah, it, exactly. By virtue of our baptism, we are joined to Jesus Christ as King, Prophet, and Priest. So every one of us participates in the priesthood of Jesus Christ. Now. Among the baptized, there is the great distinction between the baptismal priesthood, baptismal priesthood's participation, and the ordained priesthood's participation in the priesthood of Jesus Christ. So Bishop DeGrood or my boss, your colleague, Father Scott Trainer, or Deacon Bill Radio here at the Cathedral of St. Joseph, 
Um, their participation is different because they've been ordained right. to deacon, priest, bishop. But all of us participate in the priesthood of Jesus Christ, every one of us. So this is where I want to, one of my favorite uh, paragraphs in the catechism is 901. Um, 901 of the catechism offers, frankly, a long quotation from one of the Vatican II documents. So I just want to read part of it and then just real quick highlight it. Hence the laity, dedicated as they are to Christ and anointed by the Spirit, are marvelously called and prepared so that even richer fruits of the Spirit may be produced in them. For all their works, prayers, and apostolic undertakings, family and married life, daily work, relaxation of mind and body, if they are accomplished in the Spirit, all these become spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So when, when that's basically riffing on what Peter is writing here. So let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. So what spiritual spiritual sacrifices can I offer? Well, my favorite example. Everything. <laughs> Every, yeah. Relaxation of mind and body. When yeah. I'm on vacation, yep. I can offer that as a spiritual sacrifice to God through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. My daily work, having to deal with you every day. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, for at least I have to deal right. with you every right. day. Because it says even the hardships right. of life, right. if patiently born. And that's an important patiently. caveat. So everything we do, we can offer as a spiritual sacrifice to God through Jesus Christ because we are all priests in him. Makes it sound much easier. Thanks, Doc. You bet. In the studio with me today, I have Sarah Hofflander. Um, she is here to talk to us about a new apostolate uh, in our diocese that helps young women discern the possibility of a vocation to a religious life. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah. I've been trying to get you here for a little while, and and it's kind of tough because you have a busy schedule and a busy life, and trying to get an apostolate, especially a good one, off the ground is not always um, free of work. <laughs> I imagine, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the Lord does what He wants. So I always feel like the woman who offers her two small coins. So oh I yeah, I yeah. give you this little bit, and then Lord, you can decide what you want to do with it. And so. He does great things with it. Usually, He does. So, yeah. yeah, it's kind of wonderful just yeah. to watch Him work. Yeah. All right. So Sarah, if you would kind of start today by telling us a little bit about yourself mm-hmm. and your journey as a Catholic woman, you would. Um, yep. Yeah. So my name is Sarah Hofflander. I'm married with children. Um, How many kids? So I have a stepdaughter who's grown up, and then I have four younger children. Okay. Um, ages nine, seven, six, and three. Oh boy, you have a busy yep. house. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So I guess just you know my origin story. Um, when I was growing up, I grew up in a household that was uh, growing. I think in the Catholic faith as we were growing up. Um, as my mom was kind of having her own conversion, uh, she was just sharing a lot with us. Um, my real gift, actually, my brother and I kind of tell the same story whenever mm-hmm. we're interviewed, that when we were kids, we used to just rollerblade around our small town, and we just had a lot of deep discussions, mm-hmm. um, just, just a natural attentiveness to the good, the true, and the beautiful, um, and we just really wanted it, um, just to, like live for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was almost like a dream, you know, that someday we could do beautiful things for the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so both of us kind of growing up um, went to faithful Catholic colleges. Um, even as a teenager, I just really received a call from the Lord to become a high school theology teacher. So okay. I went to Franciscan University of Steubenville, um, and then the Lord called me to South Dakota. 
Um, I taught <laughs> theology at O'Gorman for six years. Okay. Um, that's where I met my husband. Um, so then once we started having a bunch of kids, then I stayed home. Um, so now I'm just involved with uh, sharing in the education of you know the, them and a group of our friends. Um, and then the Lord just kind of brought this apostolate Yeah. Here. Yeah. So where did you grow up? You said it wasn't South Dakota. Right. Owatonna, Minnesota. So not okay. too far not away. Not too far away. But we'll, we'll claim you. Right. Sure. <laughs> the, the Lord has brought me here and he doesn't seem to want to take me away. So That's good. We need yeah. lots of good people. Right. Um, okay, good. So um, the tell me about the apostolate because mm-hmm. there's I think there's more to it than I was even understanding before mm-hmm. we actually just met a few minutes ago for the sure. first time. So um, tell me about the apostolate and how there are several pieces of it. So kind of give me an overview. Absolutely. So uh, the title of it is Ecce Ancilla Domini. We often refer to it as Ecce. Um, That's the phrase that Mary said to the angel Gabriel Mm -hmm. um, when she said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Okay. Uh, And so this apostolate was actually just something I had received in prayer um, a couple years ago now. And really for me... I think I'm just growing in maturity with the Lord because at the time I was just like thinking I'm doing nothing right now. I put everything else aside, focusing on my kids. This is it. Bring them to life. Um, and so then I just kept receiving in prayer uh, this consistent word um, that the Lord wanted to raise up a movement of contemplatives. And my response was, good, you know, do that, Lord. Um, <laughs> and so just over time, it just kept taking on more shape um, as I would pray about it. There's just more and more clarity of what this would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just to really support young women um, in the discernment of religious religious life. Um, and so I started to like jot it all down, you know, draft it a little bit. Um, ended up kind of conversing with some friends just to get ideas of mm-hmm. what that would actually look like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it was actually something that I was pushing aside enough. And then I was, this is kind of a funny thing, but my daughter came over to me one day with the Bible open and it was Ezekiel and um, she just handed me the Bible. She's like, mom, can you read this? Like, okay. <laughs> and in the book of Ezekiel, it was something about the Lord saying, like, if you do not respond to what I'm asking, then you'll be responsible for the souls that I would save through oh. you. And I was like, all right, I'm sending an email. Um, and so it was one of those things. I was just going to pass this off. You know, somebody else could do it. Um, lo and behold, eventually diocese got wind of it and then just you know, brought me in and said they wanted to support me doing it. Right. right. Um, and so I was like, well, let's see what we can do. Um, <laughs> Ezekiel s- said I have to. So. <laughs> right, right. Right. Um, right. But it's, you know, joyful. Always yes. not like, a, yes. like, oh, no. But like, sometimes you, know. you need that little yeah. push. Like mm-hmm. you're like, OK, yeah, that sounds great. But the, is it really supposed to be me? Right. Yeah. 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 And it's just, you know, even Mary, like when the Lord told her that she would be the mother of the Savior, was asking, how can this be? Um, like literally I need the blueprint. (laughs) Right. right. How's this going to happen? Yeah. Um, so just, you know, really trying to gauge that and understand that how does this fit within what I thought, you know, this next step of my life Mm -hmm. was, um, yeah. So the Lord has been, has been faithful. Um, and obviously this is kind of a work of many people now. Um, so in the last couple of years, we beautifully, um, the Lord sent the PES sisters here Mm -hmm. kind of right around that time. So they've been lovely. Um, we have three different, um, groups. So kind of like forming a group for young women to be in communion with each other, mm-hmm. um, you know, dialoguing, praying, et cetera. Um, so the sisters have a group that's at O'Gorman high school. Okay. Um, and then 
I run a digital group um, for more. It's like mostly college students that are around South Dakota sure. or from South Dakota. Sure. Um, that's kind of nice because then we can even bring in religious orders because, you know, it's just yeah. Zoom. So yeah. you can just yeah. chat with anybody that they want to. Sure. So um, that's kind of more led by their interests, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just within this last year, um, we were given the opportunity to use a living space at Christ mm-hmm. the King mm-hmm. Parish. And so uh, we were able to open a Maculata house. Um, we were able to base it almost entirely off of the Bethany house, which had been a house in the Twin Cities. So they kind of just gave us everything. Their okay. Structure and way of life and just how you would do, um, you know, how, how you'd run, you know, a house like yeah. this. Um, and so we made some tweaks, but yeah. it wasn't anything like brand new. Yeah. But that had to be nice uh, to have a little blueprint because yeah. that's got to be a relief. You're like, okay, right. I don't have to invent everything myself. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I was an, as an always, you know, I feel like with everything, I'm just kind of knocking gently on doors and saying, could this be possible? And that's where it's beautiful. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I might think, well, maybe five years from now, this could happen. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is all here and it's done. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's happening. I guess it's happening. <laughs> it is happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, a couple other elements with it. Um, I was able to gather a small team, I guess, of spiritual directors, mm-hmm. women from the diocese that are trained in spiritual direction. So a goal is always to get women connected with spiritual direction, um, really, because the work is interior. Right. You know? So we need them to be having that consistency and that depth to know what the Lord is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I get, yes, going back to Maculata House there... Um, the young women commit to about nine months to a year um, to live um, kind of sharing a way of life. They do a morning holy hour together mm-hmm. throughout the week. Um, they do two meals together at least. Um, then they end their days with night prayer. They do kind of a weekly book study. That's mm-hmm. something we're looking at revamping is actually doing maybe more intentional like formation. Oh, um, sure. So that we'd yeah. be working kind of just like really delving into like who the Lord is and their own intimate relationship with sure. the Lord. So, you know, just beginning with life as the beloved, um, growing and healing, uh, and then just what that interior dialogue with the Lord really looks like. Right. Um, so that's another project on the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, in a good way. In yes. In a really good yes. way. Um, yes. So formation. And then they're just encouraged to, to invite um, about once a month to either invite a religious community, um, just any other spiritual guide or holy friends um, over for dinner. Mm-hmm. And there's been a few times where I, I just tell them if they're inviting somebody and they're like bigger, um, that we could make it an open event yes. and then invite other yes. young people. So the like the sisters, school sisters of Christ the King actually drove up um, yeah. from Lincoln. So yeah. we opened that up and then you know able to invite a lot of the college students um, from kind of Christ the King youth ministry came. And, mm-hmm. Um, but if others do. So, yeah. So it kind of it becomes its own apostolate in a way. That yeah. Able to kind of absolutely. Too. Yeah. Was there some fear for you in the beginning of this? Um, the idea of even of doing it and having it be you doing it? Oh, um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like when you experience the Lord speaking in prayer. Um, I don't know if you want to get into just, you know, like that, that stage of prayer where it's like contemplative prayer. Yeah. Um, it's in a way it's infused. It's the Lord working in your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, when he speaks, you know, in the interior of your soul, it tends to be accompanied with, you know, beauty and consolation. Mm-hmm. You know, when you know that the Lord is speaking, it's just something kind of outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so joyful. Like, yeah. It's just wonderful what the Lord is speaking. 
Um, it can happen and does happen that like, then you're done with prayer and then you go back to life. And then, I mean, for me, it's like, you know, one of my kids is laying on the floor screaming and I'm like, we'll never survive. <laughs> and then I'm like, Lord, how are we going to do this? <laughs> um, and the, you know, and it's more just, you know, the, the daily trials and sufferings of life where mm -hmm. um, fear comes and you wonder, all right, Lord, you spoke this and I see this. And then it's just inviting again that question of like, okay, then just reveal, you know, how you want to do what you're calling. Right. Um, because it's always his work and it's never mine. Right. Um, but probably the most helpful things for me, just as I've learned about the idea of uh, discernment of spirits, uh, you know, fear is more of that like experience of desolation. Sure. Um, yeah. It can be small or quick or it could be long term. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're in that mode, it's a, I've always learned that you should never make a major decision in a state of desolation. Right. Right. So if I'm experiencing this call, I've tested this call, I'm growing with the Lord, I'm seeing his fruit, and suddenly desolation comes, that's the moment in time where you just stop. I mean, like, don't do anything crazy. Right, um, right. So just let the Lord <laughs> keep going, um, stay the course as best you can. Uh, for me, that often means, like, don't send the email that you're thinking about or whatever, you know, just wait a <laughs> yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, bring it back to prayer and invite mm -hmm. him back in. So, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. In humanity, there's definitely those moments of prayer, but it's yeah. just, or those moments of fear. Um, but then it's not acting on it, but allowing the Lord to show yeah, what's next. For sure. And the, the gift is there's been a lot of fruitfulness yeah. um, in a short amount of time. And so uh, in those moments of uncertainty, you can kind of draw back and be like, well, Lord, you've done all this up to this point. If you want to abandon me now, <laughs> I guess you can. But he doesn't do that, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> he does not. Um, yes, but and again, just to allow him to work. Yeah. If you just joined us, we're talking to Sarah Hofflander about the Eche uh, apostolate that she began a couple of years ago. Um, so, how is the Blessed Mother connected? Because you obviously named it for her role in the incarnation of our Lord. So, can you tell us how is she involved? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you're right. So it's named after what Mary had said, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Um, you know, so Mary's really just that example um, and the model. Uh, I mean, ultimately, when you think of just the idea of religious life, um, it would be a vocation to become the beloved of the Lord, you know, mm -hmm. to just be the one who just so deeply receives God's love and his delight for your own particular soul that you're a spouse. That's a kind of an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're just in that posture of just totally receiving God. Right. Um, and so Mary's the one who did that, you know, that she literally totally received God and he became incarnate you know, mm -hmm. within her. And then she was the one who gave herself, um, you know, totally over to him. Um, and so that just becomes really that, that image of just that fidelity. Yeah. Um, fidelity of receptivity and then gift. Right. Um, that I'm going to receive the Lord and then give myself to him. Um, but then there's just also just such a beauty to that. You know, in Catholicism, we can get confused sometimes. You know, it's like, well, the priesthood is for men. What about women? Right. But then you also step back and look at Catholicism and say, like, well, we see in Mary the fullness of who the woman is. And she's so honored and so beloved. Mm -hmm. Um, and that at the cross, I'm just so proud of how when Jesus was suffering on the cross, it was the women who stayed, you know, mm -hmm. that they were with him yeah. and they, you know, they understood what it meant to love Christ, mm -hmm. um, to be, you know, the perfect disciple in the sense of remaining with him at the cross. Right. Um, and even following him, you know, to the tomb and right. continuing to be faithful to him, even when everything is confusing and we don't grasp it. 
um, yeah, so just really grasping uh, or seeing how Mary reveals that um, to ourselves. But again, I feel like this mission isn't about like trying to get lots of girls to become nuns. Right, right. Um, but it's really helping young women to receive, you know, just mm-hmm. what is it that the Lord particularly desires for me? Right. Um, and what does his particular love for my own life look like? Right. Um, and so it's not trying to fit into a box of like, this is what somebody else says you should do. Mm-hmm. It's simply like coming to know the Lord so personally um, that I can just rejoice in receiving yeah. him. Yeah. Good. So what kind of fruits have you seen so far? You talked about fruits just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you seeing so far in this first, it's been about a year-ish mm-hmm. with the Immaculata House, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. Tell us what's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like tell other people's life stories, right? But um, just you know, beautiful things. Just even in instances where we've hosted events, um, to see that young women do come, and that we often we have um, some good sized crowds. Uh, it's always amazing to encounter young people who are very faithful. Yeah. You know, just that they yeah. really love the Lord to the point where like, hey, this is a proposition. What if you gave your whole life to him? And they're like, yeah, this is good. This is interesting. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, you know, just to really yeah. realize that they're at that place. Um, and just, you know, I love, you know, especially when we have like our Zoom meetings or when we host religious sisters, there's just this like intensity of joy mm-hmm. um, beyond normal conversation. And it's just awesome, you know, to see them receptive to that. Um, yeah, so just, you know, the daily joy. Obviously, the, at times they're sharing their graces, you right. know, just thinking this is where the Lord is bringing me, um, taking next steps, whether it's visiting communities, spending a certain length of time in discernment, mm-hmm. um, things like that. You know, so then that is happening, you know, that yeah. there are young yeah. women who are making those steps and um, really wanting to go where the Lord wants yeah. to take them. It seems like a really needed thing because, you know, for young men, you can go to the seminary mm-hmm. and you can discern uh, whether or not they want to be a priest. Mm-hmm. There, Yes, a young woman could go to a particular um, monastery, for mm-hmm. instance, to mm-hmm. discern that. But there's not really like a general place yeah. to go. So right. this is this is really, you said there was a Bethany house mm-hmm. uh, in the cities. Is that mm-hmm. right? So there, these must exist somewhere, but it's really... It's nothing I had ever heard of right. before. Yeah, and I am learning that it can be challenging because even when you want to join a religious order, they'll often kind of turn back in a, in a loving way to say, well, why don't you take some time? You right. know, like a stage of candidacy is, can, is what it can be called. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, take some time to really pray, you know, ex- you know, go through your own interior life, your own healing, and then come back in a year. And that can be just kind of hard. You know, yeah. just, there's just this big bridge that you need to cross. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, to do it with others, you know, to be able to talk with other young women about it, um, to have resources, especially just spiritual direction. Right. Cause it can be one thing for someone just to like, Hey, have you ever considered religious life? And then you might be like, yeah. And then there's a lot of other things going on. Right. Right. Um, right. so yeah, sometimes just making intentional steps, um, just to kind of keep a door open. Right. And if nothing else, you get... Uh, you grow your faith mm-hmm. and your spiritual life. Absolutely. If you, if you decide to marry or whatever, mm-hmm. you just have created a really good Catholic. Right. So, which Absolutely. is a great thing. Absolutely. Um, okay. So there are two things I want to do real quick before mm-hmm. we run out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, how is this? I want to talk about the event that you guys mm-hmm. have coming up in May. Mm-hmm. But I also want to ask you, uh, how is this work like feeding into the vision of the, the, the diocesan vision for missionary discipleship? That's something I think we always want to know is the, all of these things out here are kind of branches of that. So mm-hmm. how is that working for that? 
a good question. Um, yeah, so when you think about like missionary discipleship, there's two elements there. Um, you know, mission obviously is going forth to make more disciples, mm-hmm. but discipleship first begins with sitting at the feet um, of Jesus, who you know, comes from the word student. So I have to really know Christ um, and know him really well. And um, when you talk about just like helping a young person to discern their vocation, um, it first is helping them just to, I like to think of it as just like discover the adventure of their life. Like, oh, yeah. Who is it that the Lord made me to be? Like, what am I made for? Mm-hmm. Um, and really, we're all made to become something very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't really become that if I don't grasp the magnitude of the Lord's love for me. Right. And what that means for me particularly. And that's one of those things where like, we all hear it, you know, like Jesus loves you, good. But like to experience Mm -hmm. it, you know, like it's overwhelming the degree to which the Lord loves me. Mm -hmm. Um, And his particular love for me has a mission. Um, And so when I can come and sit at the feet of Christ and really know him and know his love, you talked about fear, like that fear goes away Mm because it's not like, okay, get the things done, get all the tasks accomplished. But it's the Lord is so at work in me that it's bearing fruit. Um, and as that, you know, bears fruit in me, my own desires lead me to something. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk about like your own personal charisms. The Lord reveals the ways in which he's personally gifting me, um, gifting these young people uh, to become his love. Right. Um, and really that's like the desire of all of our yes. hearts. And when you look at young people, especially like they yearn for adventure, they mm-hmm. want to become something good and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so just helping them to know that, but then equip that, you know, so yeah. this is how much the Lord loves you. This is how the Lord loves you. And then support them, you mm-hmm. know, to become love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's joyful. You yeah. know, it's joyful for the one who's you know giving that, but then it's joyful for them too to kind yeah. of lead them into that yep. um, position to kind of the essence of missionary discipleship yeah, there, isn't right, it? Right, right, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, before we have to wrap up, if someone is interested mm-hmm. in getting involved in the apostolate or mm-hmm. uh, interested in the Immaculata House, what do they do? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you could go to the website sfwomensdiscernment.org. Okay. Uh, there's some information there, but then you could just there's contact okay. information. So we'll make sure we put that in mm-hmm. uh, the uh, description on our YouTube uh, listing for that. Yep. And what is the event that's coming up in May? Yes. So in a couple of weeks on May 21st, um, we're hosting a fiat dinner. Uh, and this is going to be with Bishop DeGrood and then also um, the Pro Ecclesia Sancta Sisters will be there and some of the um, Adoration Sisters. Um, and so we're going to host it at the Adoration Sisters Monastery. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. uh, so 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, we'll have dinner, or excuse me, we'll start with Mass at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, dinner and then some talks and just... Um, you know, breakout discussion, just some time for joyfulness um, to really just be sharing about what the Lord is doing and offer encouragement to kind of support, you know, young women in in, um, their own growth and formation. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the, if you go to the website, you can see a place to RSVP for that too. Good. Um, Yeah. But this, yes, there are definitely opportunities out there um, for those wanting to get involved. There's still some room for Immaculata House next year. Okay, good. If you wanted to live there. Um, please come to the event. If yes. you're not actually a young woman, be like, oh, I want to help with this. You could also just, you know, contact. There's ways that people could get involved, donate. Um, sure. We're always looking for more support. Yes, yes. And it sounds like a really good apostolate to support. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah, for uh, saying yes to what the Lord was asking you to do. It's important that we all do that when we, when we can and when he's asking. So thank you for us. And thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. 
If you haven't found us already on social media, you can always find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and at Rumble anytime at SF Diocese. And of course, you can always find us at sfcatholic.org. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic news.